After a season of positive health news, things have taken a turn for the New Orleans Saints. How does that impact their matchup this weekend against the Atlanta Falcons? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone. It is another crossover Thursday, Thanksgiving Thursday, as we get geared up for this week 12 matchup between the Falcons and Saints. Of course, I'm your very humble host, Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons, joined by Locked On Saints host, Ross Jackson. Hello. This this crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And we thank each and every one of you that makes these two illustrious podcasts your first listen, your first watch. All you got to do to become an everydayer of Locked on Falcons or Locked on Saints is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes as soon as it is available. So, Ross, I have this cordial intro to the show, but we all know... (laughs) It's hate week. It's and, hate week. Uh, you know, the, between these two teams, this kind of game sets up potentially decide who wants to win this uh, inept. Uh, <laughs> Some, somebody's got to win it, man. <laughs> somebody's got to take it. It, 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 it. Why is it the NFC South every year that something <laughs> refuses to win this division? So we'll see if one of these teams decides that they want to take a big step towards that this week. But you know, I know with the Saints, we're talking about biggest stories. We'll get into the key matchups as well as some path to victories and some final predictions. But, you know, I know for the Saints, their big story kind of is centered around the health of their football team. Yeah, here we are again. Uh, after a whole season of actually being able to talk about football for a little while, now the New Orleans Saints had their own kind of version of a body bag game against the Minnesota Vikings, where it felt like every three plays, I was tweeting about some player being down or some player being looked at by the medical staff. And for New Orleans, three of the biggest names on their team, Derek Carr uh, with a concussion and a right shoulder injury. Turns out the right shoulder is okay. Still in concussion protocol. I think that will change as, of course, the uh, practice week continues to to roll through or was still in concussion protocol at the beginning of this week, at least. And then Michael Thomas was set to uh, sent to injured reserve. So he will for sure miss this game as well as the following three weeks for the New Orleans Saints at wide receiver. And starting cornerback Marshawn Lattimore was carted off the field quietly with an ankle injury in Minneapolis. And so very unlikely that we see him this week as well. So that's the Saints that are going to be very likely have Derek Carr back. The expectation is that he'll be good to go this weekend, uh, but no Michael Thomas, very likely no Marshawn Lattimore, and the Saints will have to figure out how to navigate that. Those are injuries that they've had to navigate over the course of previous seasons. Very recently as well, missed those guys for a considerable amount of last year in 2022, but it's never easy to uh, have to be able to kind of make up for the absence of your top wideout and your top cornerback to premium positions in today's league. 
Yeah. And uh, as you said, uh, Derek Carr expected to be back, but I know mm-hmm. Falcon fans everywhere are breathing a sigh of relief because they don't have to get Jameis Winston. They don't um, want Jameis. They don't want that Jameis smoke. <laughs> we're the only team in the history of the world that does not want to play Jameis Winston. Uh, everybody else is like, oh, let's play Jameis Winston. We'll get those three or four interceptions. And the Falcons are like, no, I, we don't. I want- dare say, I dare say the Green Bay Packers are a little bit afraid of Jameis Winston, too. Just, just to be fair. Just maybe, to be fair. Maybe. But, you know, when you look at the Falcons' biggest story, obviously it's similar surrounding the quarterback, right? Because mm-hmm. they just promoted Desmond Ritter uh, to, back to being the starter. Personally, didn't think he should have been benched in the first place. Agreed. They're, they're going back to Desmond Ritter for the foreseeably the remainder of the season to see if he's their guy. Uh, yeah. And sort of for the Falcons, you know, it's not only is Desmond Ritter going to uh, – show that he's worthy of, of that position, but the team has to kind of get their act together coming mm-hmm. out of the pie. We've been basically waiting for the Falcons to have their kind of breakthrough for the last month or so uh, since they first got into first place in the NFC South, and now they're slowly sliding out of that role, but they have an opportunity uh, this week against the Saints to start looking like a team that actually wants to make the playoffs and be a legit division winner and not just as we jokingly said, a team that just wins a terrible <laughs> division by default. So we're still waiting to see if the Falcons can have that breakthrough performance. And the question is going to be whether or not we'll wait another week after this Saints game. But I think the Falcons certainly have things going for them, certainly when it comes to being maybe a little bit healthier than the Saints are at some of the key positions mm-hmm. going into this game. And I'm sure we'll get into more of those things as we get into key matchups uh, as we come up here on today's Crossover Thursday. Yeah, and uh, I'm not going to be surprised at all here to see the New Orleans Saints kind of coming in with a very similar attitude. This is an opportunity for them to uh, prove that, hey, look, we want to win a division, right? Like not just fall backwards into the beginning or fall backwards into the playoffs or anything like that. Like these are both the two teams that we kind of expected to be in contention for this division. And this gives you an opportunity for an early swing at the at, at the tiebreaker, right? The head-to-head tiebreaker. And it also gives you an early opportunity to either, in the Falcons case, tie things up at the top of the division or for the saints to distance themselves another game at the top of this division so this has some early um, playoff implications it's not early season playoff implications but you know look you're you're still right around that pre-thanksgiving or post-thanksgiving you know right around that thanksgiving area where sometimes you see teams winning the division or taking the lead in the division but that's where this division is right now it's where you're just trying to create a little bit of distance and prove like hey it's not that everybody else in the division was bad this team that wins this game is trying to prove that it belongs at the top of this division here in the NFC South. So a a major, major matchup uh, in Atlanta for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's really about controlling your destiny and the team that wins this game uh, will have control of their destiny and the team that loses the game may not have that. But of course we know in the NFC South, you win one week, you lose the next week. It's, it's, (laughs) you know, it's the roller coaster, man. (laughs) Yeah. It's a dog chasing its tail pretty much every week, but we will sort of get more into some of these key matchups. Some of them in the trenches as well as elsewhere. As we continue today's uh, locked on Falcons, locked on saints crossover Thursday. Now, guys, Prize Picks is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because now more than ever, they have the specials league. That's where you can combine projections across sports, across leagues, college basketball, NBA basketball, NFL, NBA, all that stuff and more. For, for example, you can combine LeBron James and Travis Kelsey in terms of three points made and receptions, right? And if you have the skills, 
Price Picks allows you to turn $10 into $250 because it's simple to play. You just pick two or more players, pick more or less on the projected stats. And the more entries you make, the more money you can make up to 25 times your money. There's quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types that make Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL in lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL. That's lowercase. Prizepicks is daily fantasy made easy. And as we continue today's crossover Thursday with myself, Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints, want to plug the innovative Innovative and iconic Locked On Sports today with Locked On launching their first, the first ever national 24-7 sports streaming channel here on YouTube. Check out Locked On Sports today. You'll get coverage of all the leagues, all the sports, the local experts, all that and more. Again, Locked On Sports today on YouTube. Subscribe for the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So Ross, here, Crossover Thursday, let's get into some key matchups. I know you're going to be kind of focused on the trenches yeah. uh, when it comes to what we're going to see on Sunday that could wind up swaying this game in one team's favor. I'll give you the floor to break that down. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, this is a, these are two teams that were expected to perform a little bit better in the trenches than they have so far this season. Uh, you know, D- Desmond Ritter right now facing one of the NFL's highest pressure rates and then subsequently surrendering one of a, a fairly high pressure to sack ratio as well. This is an offensive line in Atlanta that was expected to maybe protect the quarterback a little bit better. And maybe there's conversation as to why that is or isn't the case. But on the other hand, New Orleans has been equally disappointing in terms of its ability to rush the passer. Right now, the New Orleans Saints have 18 sacks. They've got 18 turnovers forced on the season as well. They've created as many turnovers as they have sacks so far this season. Aaron, that's not a good stat. That's not a good thing to be evened up with. And so one of these teams is going to end up seeing the trend go the right way. Either the Atlanta Falcons are going to do a better job protecting Desmond Ritter coming out of the bye week, or the New Orleans Saints pass rush is going to be able to get home and finally be able to make some plays at the quarterback. They actually don't do a super terrible job pressuring. They don't, they are not a high pressure team, but oftentimes last year when they did pressure, they got to the quarterback. They were to make plays at the quarterback. They have struggled with that mightily so far this season. And Desmond Ritter is the exact type of quarterback that get, that is the pain in the neck for the New Orleans Saints. He can extend plays. He can get no mobile. He has the escapability. All the reasons why I agree that the Falcons should have never benched him in the first place because I think he's your higher ceiling uh, quarterback there if you're a Falcons fan. And so the way that I look at it for this game is that one of these teams is going to get right either the Atlanta Falcons in the offensive line or the New Orleans Saints in the defensive line, even if it's just for this game, as we are talking about the NFC South, as we mentioned earlier, uh, then that could end up absolutely having a major impact on the result of this big-time divisional matchup between these two teams. Yeah, we know, historically speaking, the Saints have often feasted on the Atlanta Falcons' offensive line. I'm not going to throw any shade at Cam Jordan this week. I'll just leave it <laughs> aside for this week. I don't want to get Oh man. The- it's a bulletin board <laughs> material for him. So I would just say, you know, Cam, you know, you do you, and we'll, we'll see who's uh, coming up, you know. You saw he already sacked Matt Ryan earlier this season, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's that's one player that definitely misses Matt Ryan. because uh, Yeah. You know, he, 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 that's basically all he used to do is just sack Matt Ryan. But, you know, I think you're, you're talking about the, the offensive line battle and the, the trench battle. I think mm-hmm. – 
the key matchup for me that will be interesting to watch this Sunday is like who's which team's tight ends sort of step up this week, right? Mm -hmm. Both teams, both defenses have really struggled to cover the tight end this year, right? And I feel like whichever team can get their tight ends more involved in the passing attack will get a big boost on Sunday. We saw TJ Hawkinson, you know, kill the Saints oh, man. two weeks Ate ago up. with 11 catches, 134 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, I'm hoping to see a similar sort of stat line from Kyle Pitts, but that those have been far, few and far between since Kyle Pitts' rookie season, right? If you go back to Kyle Pitts' time previously against the Saints, he hasn't really done that much against the Saints in previous matchups, right? Mm -hmm. His first catch against them back in 2021 was like a 39-yard catch, but basically in the like the two and a half games since, he's only had like six catches for 50 yards uh, across 11 quarters. So if the Falcons can find ways to get Kyle Pitts going or Jonu Smith, who is their big-time yak guy yeah. in this mm -hmm. offense, that will, I think will be a big boost for their passing attack. And the same is true, I think, for the Saints offense, especially with Michael Thomas being down. If they can yep. get Jawan Johnson or uh, Taysom oh, Hill yeah. yes, involved in this offense. Both of those guys have had big games against the Falcons, and it's it, it, much to my chagrin. I, I can't <laughs> understand why the Falcons are the only team in the world that can't stop Taysom Hill. But we saw Jawan Johnson have a big game last time the Falcons faced them in Week 15 last year. We saw what Trey McBride did to the Falcons just before their bye week, uh, where he had a similar stat line to what mm -hmm. TJ Hawkinson did against the Saints. So I feel like both of these teams are looking for that sort of boost that their tight end position can give them on Sunday. We know that Drake London, Chris Olave will probably be the go-to weapons for yep. both passing attacks. But if they can get that sort of complimentary piece, whether that's Kyle Pitts, John o. Smith, Taysom Hill, or Jawan Johnson going, I think that's going to go a long way to help both of these teams. Yeah, if you look at the last game that these two teams played, two touchdowns on a couple of catch and runs by Jawan Johnson, he has not had that type of season so far this year. A uh, big part of that is that he missed a few games with injury, but also like, like Derek Carr hasn't really, and the New Orleans Saints offense hasn't really been able to utilize their tight ends very much this year because they're having to give those tight ends over to protection in order to try to keep Derek Carr clean enough for, you know, to be able to deliver passes and all these other things. And so will they be able to kind of get that mitigated on their offensive front to allow their tight ends to be a part of the passing game? We'll see if that ends up being the case. Um, yeah, Taysom Hill is, is the big thing. You can't be mad at me now if I say that Taysom Hill can beat Andre 3000 in a rap battle because right now Andre 3000 is messing around with a flute. So I, I think that that gives Taysom kind of like the edge uh, on that. So you can't be upset with me there anymore. But when it comes down to what you're going to see from Taysom Hill, I think this has to be a big time Taysom Hill game. I mean, the Saints have done this continuously. Taysom Hill goes off. He helps them win games. He's clearly the most efficient part of their offense on a consistent basis. And then all of a sudden, they just run away from him, scared, tail tucked between their legs the very next week. And that's exactly what happened last week. They said they had gotten into some obvious passing situations, which is true for a little while. But then when you got to, you know, within eight, with around three minutes left, not necessarily an obvious passing down situation. You're able to start putting the ball back on the ground. And they just didn't do that last week. They got away from their running game far too quickly. And I think that utilizing Taysom Hill as a runner, as a receiver, and yes, as a passer as well, are all going to be things that are musts for this New Orleans Saints team this week, especially with Derek Carr coming off of that concussion protocol. You don't want to, you know, you kind of want to mitigate the number of hits that he takes. Let Taysom Hill go out there and seek that contact that he loves so much and let him go out there and end up having an impact in this game. I think he could be uh, a big time X factor in this matchup uh, for sure. And I look at the same thing for Kyle Pitts, who, as you mentioned, has not really ever gotten it going against the New Orleans Saints, but the Saints up against tight ends, particularly in the recent past early on in the first halves where they've been giving up a lot of yardage. This is a real opportunity for a guy like uh, Kyle Pitts to maybe hit a stride against New Orleans. 
Yes, yes. And, um, you know, I, I said I wasn't going to throw any shade at Cam Jordan. I, I'm not going to throw any shade at Andrews Pete, my, my favorite punching bag <laughs> on that Saints offensive line. I Let's tackle Andrews Pete. Yeah, I recall doing an <laughs> NFC South preview this year and talking some trash about the Saints offensive line. You you push back pretty hard on that, uh, Ross, but I feel like I, I was I'm, wrong. I'm getting the last laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll I see. Was if Andrew, wrong. Andrew Pete, you know, <laughs> makes me a happy man on Sunday by uh, getting wrecked. But in, in the Falcon, <laughs> uh, pass rushers, they're, at least their edge rushers, aren't great at wrecking yeah. uh, even bad left tackles like Andrew Pete. So we'll, we'll see how that matchup goes. But I think the trenches, I think these tight ends will have a big influence on which teams will win. And we'll wrap up today's Locked On Falcons and Locked On Saints crossover Thursday, a Turkey Day crossover Thursday. Gobble, gobble. Getting that path to victory, those sort of keys to victory as we wrap up today's episode. So wrapping up today's Turkey Day crossover Thursday, getting you guys geared up for your you know, I'm sure some of you guys are already in a coma uh, as you're laughing <laughs> or listening to this. Uh, that Got that itis. Yeah. Got that itis. So, uh, you know, let's let's ease these folks down to sleep, Rob, <laughs> with, uh, you know, some keys to victory. How, how do either one of these teams win you uh, representing the Saints being the road team? How how do they go into Atlanta and get walk away with a W? Yeah, I, I think the big thing right now is that going into this game, the Saints have got to take advantage of turnovers and turnover frequency by Atlanta. I know that it's something that you've harped on quite a bit, stopping the turnovers and things like that. Nine fumbles lost by this Atlanta Falcons team. Um, you know, I believe it's, what, seven interceptions, if I recall correctly. Um, they've turned the ball over quite a bit, and the Saints have taken the ball away quite a bit. That should work in the Saints' favor. Now they've got to be able to actually make it happen during this game. And as we know, when it comes to turnovers and takeaways, when the opportunities present themselves, you still have to follow through and 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 take advantage of those opportunities. Last week in the opening drive against the Minnesota Vikings, Paul Sinadibo undercut a pass that was going to Jordan Addison, the Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, jumped up, had it dead to rights, popped off of his hands, landed right into the hands of Jordan Addison for a big gain. And that's where you kind of went, okay, well, I know how this game's going to go at this point. And so I think that you know that, those are the things that you have to avoid. So you still have to be able to show up and make those things happen. Earlier on in the season, Zach Vaughn and New Orleans St. Sam linebacker gets CJ Shroud's first career interception turns around and fumbles it on the return goes back to the the houston texans they gained like two yards by the time it was all said and done and got a fresh set of downs and a, and a first and 10 out of it so you, you have to be able to take advantage of those opportunities when they come the saints right now are five and oh all five of their wins have happened in games where they have been able to score points off of turnovers doesn't matter if that's 17 points 10 points 7 points 3 points whatever if they score off of turnovers they tend to win games that's been the rhythm so far but in 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 games where they either force turnovers and don't score or in the case of last week don't don't force any turnovers which is the first time this season that that's happened for them they lose and so that's got to be the big key i think for uh the new orleans saints get their run game going which has always been a bit challenging for the Saints going up against the Atlanta Falcons, but this is going to be the time to do it. And then, of course, try to mitigate that Atlanta Falcons run game as much as they can. Last year, they surrendered 231, 232 uh, rushing yards to the Atlanta Falcons, and that was without Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson's a blue chip guy, and he's going to be the best running back in the NFL sooner rather than later. Uh, they can't give up that kind of game on the ground up against the Atlanta Falcons. Otherwise, that offense is going to find its way to churn. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, if Jameis was playing this game, I would basically boil it down, you know, 
turnovers being the key, mm-hmm. as you pointed out, because Jameis is going to put the ball in the harm's way three or four times a game. And unfortunately, <laughs> Desmond Ritter has also been doing that uh, quite yeah. a bit this year. So it would basically be which team can sort of score points off of that. But without Jameis there, and hopefully we'll see Desmond Ritter protect the ball a little bit better. And that's sort of what the hope is with this quote unquote reset from his time on the bench. But I think for the Falcons, they can look back at last year's two matchups against the Saints as sort of a template for success. We saw in that week one game, the the Falcons come out, especially with the run game led by Cordero Patterson and really punch that defense in the mouth with their round ground game and be a very physical football team. And as you point out with B. John Robinson, you know, CP is now the third string running back. So they now have an opportunity to do that again and and really sort of punish this team on the ground. Uh, And hopefully they will be able to complement a strong running game with a you know more efficient passing attack uh, than they have in past years. And then you go back to that second matchup, which was Desmond Ritter's first start on the road coming out of the bye week in week 15 last year. And that game kind of derailed for the Falcons very quickly because the Saints were able to get off to a very fast start in that game. And that kind of just took everything that the Falcons yeah. wanted to do uh, out of that lineup. So I think that for both of these teams, you know, especially the Falcons, getting off to a fast start and sort of dictating uh, the sort of pace and tempo of this game, if the Falcons can make this into a physical ground and pound football team when they can exert their will on the ground in the trenches, I think that plays to the Falcons' favor. And if they can protect the football and hopefully not put the ball in harm's way, that Mm -hmm. will allow them to be able to maintain that style of play throughout the four quarters. And if they can do that, I feel like they should be able to walk away with a victory at home. Yeah, I, I like the fact that you brought up that that fast start that the Saints had in the second game last year, because that is something that the Saints have failed to do so far this season. They have not been able to get off to fast starts on both sides of the football, which is what happened last year. I think this, if I remember correctly, the Saints jumped out to a 14-0 lead mm-hmm. um, you know, early on. And and, and New Orleans has done nothing like that so far this year, with the exception of the game against the New England Patriots, which, bah, you know, take that for what it is. But I think that you you look at these past five games, the Saints offense has been able to produce, but mostly only in the second half or at least closer to the second half when there's a lot of pressure on them. Indianapolis maybe being a little bit of a uh, of a caveat to that. And then the defense has given up a lot early, which is unusual for this New Orleans Saints defense. So uh, I look at this game as a game to where you know, you're talking about the reset coming off of the bye week. That's a big thing for New Orleans coming off the bye week. And their reset is can they impact games early on instead of allowing the other team to set the tone and then having to come back and respond to that team. Now, they've done a good job in some cases not all, but in some cases of responding to that tone and being able to pull out a win late. But that's not the, that's not sustainable football. You're not going to be able to win games like that. And so that's a big thing for me here too that I'm looking at for this team as it, can you come out and impact this game early? Because if you can't, I think that exactly what you just described is what Atlanta's going to have just kind of the door held open for them to do. Set the tone, set the pace, ground and pound, beat up this New Orleans Saints defense, which has started off weak early on in games over the course of the past handful of, of weeks or so. Uh, that's something that they can't let happen in Atlanta this week if they want to walk away with the W. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think explosive plays are always going to matter yeah. in, in these to- sorts of games. And too often in recent weeks, and we saw in, in going back to that uh, most recent matchup at the end of last year where they were able to get some explosive plays, the Saints that were uh, to get off to that fast start. So whichever team can kind of generate a couple of those explosive plays, I think will uh, benefit uh, both of these teams uh, as well uh, as some of the other things that we touched upon. But uh, Ross, you know, 
I know maybe not everybody when we do these crossovers loves giving final score predictions at this point in the week. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious if you have any sort of final thoughts on, on what this type of game may shape up being uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I, I think with Michael Thomas out, you're going to see an elevated role for Chris Olave, kind of putting him back into a featured role as opposed to kind of the split of focus amongst all three. I think you're going to see a couple of big shots down the field, at least taken to Rashid Shahid. We'll see if they're able to connect on him. I think that the Saints end up kind of keeping this one uh, in control a little bit. If they can do that, they should walk away with a win. I, I really think that this game can go either way, though. But just for the sake of the fact that it's Falcons hate week, I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints to win. Win twenty eight to three, Aaron. How about you? I appreciate that. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just, we're just gonna keep it moving. Um, no response from that one, but yeah, you know, of course, it's hate week. You have to. I hate you so much. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I was, I was gonna see how long I could like ring the analysis throughout all of it and then just drop it. But I was yeah, like, no, yeah, let me, you, let you me just do it. Let me just do it. Thank you, I appreciate that. Delivery is important. You know what I mean? Eating underneath. <laughs> But um, yeah, you know, this game could be really ugly uh, in, in yeah. a lot of ways. Two, we've seen both of these teams really look bad this season. And if, you know, those, that sort of unstoppable force and immovable object of two NFC South teams that have no desire to try to win this division uh, <laughs> yeah. show up on Sunday, uh, that will make for an ugly game. But at the same time, I would love to see both of these teams, you know, especially the Falcons, uh, you know, take a step forward. and Kind of correct give, a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Give us something, you know, worth rooting for. Say, hey, this division is not totally trash at mm -hmm. this moment. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, maybe the Falcons will will take advantage of this and, and come out and look like the team that, you know, can have that sort of breakthrough and wind up winning this one. Probably a close game. It's going to be like a lot of these games, a one score game going to the fourth quarter mm -hmm. in the final five minutes and potentially who has the ball as may decide the ultimate outcome but i'm hoping that the falcons will be the team that walks away and, and they win a game something like 30 to 28 or something like that for mm -hmm. the uh, uh falcons in their favor but uh yeah um any last parting words ross before we duck out of here and let people you know start fixing their their leftovers now that they got that second wind after eating that hearty thanksgiving meal yeah, no, man. Just happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to yours and happy Thanksgiving to all of you that have taken the time to check out the show here on the holiday. Uh, it, look, this is going to be a fun game and it's going to be a fun. Now we get Friday football. We got Saturday college football. We got the Sunday thing. So it's going to be such a fun slate. So just enjoy the weekend. Stay safe and be be happy. Enjoy yourself and bring bring some joy to your life, man. That's all, that's all I'm looking for. And don't let these teams take it away from you when you find it, by the way. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Don't don't let these two teams take your joy away from you. Be thankful for certain things, and I don't know if these two teams are going to be two that you're particularly thankful for uh, if they don't show up on Sunday, but hopefully we will get a good game from these two teams. we got more to cover uh, as this week unfolds with lots of great football action, both at the college level and the NFL level, as Ross alluded to all week long. Check out all the various shows across the Locked On Network to get you guys geared up for this great weekend of football more to come on both locked on falcons and locked on saints continue to make us your first listen that's going to be it for me aaron freeman of locked on falcons ross jackson of locked on saints continue to make us your first listen here on crossover thursday